are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Cretaceous Paleogene Extinction Event, formerly known as the Cretaceous Tertiary Extinction or the KT Extinction, was a mass extinction of some three quarters of plant and animal species on Earth, including all non avian dinosaurs that occurred over a geologically short period of time, 66 million years ago. It marked the end of the Cretaceous period and with it the entire Mesozoic era, opening the Cenozoic era which continues to this day. Most paleontologists regard birds as the only surviving dinosaurs. However, all non-Neothorian birds became extinct including flourishing groups like Enanotornithines and Hespernornithorns. Several analysis of bird fossils show divergence of species prior to the extinction boundary and that duck, chicken, and ratite bird relatives coexisted with the non-avian dinosaurs. Large collections 
of bird fossils representing a range of different species provides definitive evidence for the persistence of archaic birds to within 300,000 years of the extinction boundary. None of them are known to have survived into the Paleogene and their persistence into the latest Maastrichtian therefore provides strong evidence for a mass extinction of archaic birds coinciding with the Chicxulub asteroid impact. A small fraction of the Cretaceous bird species survived the impact giving rise to today's birds. So far only a single bird species, which has not been named, has been confidently identified from both above and below the extinction boundary. It is present in the Maastrichtian Hell's Creek found formation, the only bird group known for certain to have survived the extinction boundary is the Neurothorns. Neurothines may have been able to survive the extinction as a result of their abilities to dive, swim, or seek shelter in water and marshlands. Many species of Neurothines can build burrows or nest in tree holes or termite nests, all of which provide shelter from the environmental effects of the extinction boundary. Long-term survival past the boundary was assured as a result of filling ecological niches left empty by extinction of non-avian dinosaurs. Excluding a few controversial claims, scientists agree that all non-avian dinosaurs became extinct at the extinction boundary. The dinosaur fossil record has been interpreted to show both a decline in diversity and no decline in diversity during the last few million years of the Cretaceous and it may be that the quality of the dinosaur fossil record is simply not good enough to permit researchers to distinguish between the options. Since there is no evidence that the late Maastrichtian non-avian dinosaurs could burrow, swim, or dive, they were unable to shelter themselves from the worst parts of any environmental stress that occurred at the extinction boundary 66 million years ago. It is possible that 
small dinosaurs did survive, but they would have been deprived of food as both herbivore dinosaurs would have found plant material scarce and carnivores would have quickly found prey in short supply. The growing consensus about the endothermy of dinosaurs helps to understand their full extinction in contrast with their close relatives, the crocodilians. Ectothermic or cold-blooded crocodiles have very limited needs for food. They can survive several months without eating. While endothermic or warm-blooded animals of similar size need much more food to sustain their faster metabolism. Thus, under the circumstances of food chain disruption, non-avian dinosaurs died while some crocodiles survived. In this context, the survival of other endothermic animals, such as some birds and mammals, could be due, among other reasons, to their smaller needs for food related to their small size at the extinction epoch. Whether the extinction occurred gradually or very suddenly has been debated, as both views have support in the fossil record. A study of 29 fossil sites in Cantaline Pyrenees of Europe in the year 2010 supports that dinosaurs there had great diversity until the asteroid impact with over 100 living species. However, more recent research indicates that this figure is obscured by taphonomical biases and the scarcity of the continental fossil record. The results of this study, which were based on estimated real global biodiversity, showed that between 628 and 1078 non-avian dinosaur species were alive at the end of the Cretaceous and underwent sudden extinction after the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event. Alternatively, interpretations based on the fossil-bearing rocks along the Red Deer River in Alberta, Canada, supports the gradual extinction of non-avian dinosaurs during the last 10 million years 
of the Cretaceous layers there. The number of dinosaur species seems to have decreased from about 45 to about 12. Other scientists have pointed out the same. Several researchers support the existence of Paleocene dinosaurs. Evidence of this exists is based on the discovery of dinosaur remains in the Hell Creek Formation up to 4 feet above and 40,000 years later than the extinction boundary. Pollen samples recovered near a fossilized hadrosaur femur recovered in the Ojo Alamo sandstone at the San Juan River indicate that the animal lived during the tertiary approximately 64.5 million years ago about 1 million years after the extinction event. If their existence past the extinction boundary can be confirmed, these hadrosaurs would be considered a dead clayed walking. <laughs> Scientific consensus is that these fossils were eroded from their original locations and then reburied in much later sediments. This is also known to paleontologists as a reworked fossil. And what about the mammals? All major Cretaceous mammalian lineages, including the egg-laying monotremes, multi-turbiculates, marsupials and placentals survived the extinction event although they did suffer losses. In particular marsupials largely disappeared from North America and in Asian Delta Theridians a primitive relative of living marsupials became extinct. In the Hell Creek beds of North America, at least half of the ten known multiturbricate species and all eleven marsupial species are not found above the boundary. Mammalian species began diversifying 
about 30 million years ago prior to the extinction boundary. Diversification of mammals stalled across the boundary. Current research indicates that mammals did not explosively diversify across the extinction boundary despite the environment niches made available by the extinction of the dinosaurs. Several mammalian orders have been interpreted as diversifying immediately after the extinction boundary, including bats and a diverse group that today includes whales and dolphins, although recent research concludes that only marsupial orders diversified after the extinction event. Those early mammals were generally small, comparable in size to rats. This small size would have helped them to find shelter in protected environments. In addition, it is postulated that some early monotremes, marsupials, and placental mammals were semi-aquatic or burrowing as there are multiple mammalian lineages with such habits today. Any burrowing or semi-aquatic mammal would have had additional protection from the extinction boundary environmental stresses. In North American terrestrial sequences, the extinction event is best represented by the marked discrepancy between the rich and relatively abundant late Maastrichtian Paleonomorph record and the post-boundary fern spike. At present, the most informative sequence of dinosaur-bearing rocks in the world from the KT extinction event is found in Western North America, particularly the late Maastrichtian Age Hell Creek formations of Montana This formation, when compared with the older Judith River Dinosaur Park formations from Montana and Alberta, Canada, provides information on the changes in dinosaur populations over the last 10 million years of the Cretaceous. These fossil beds are geographically limited, covering only part of one continent.
The little middle late Campanian formations show a greater diversity of dinosaurs than any other single group of rocks. The late Maastrichtian rocks contain the largest numbers of several major clades, including Tyrannosaurus, Ankylosaurus, Pachycephalosaurus, Triceratops, and Taurosaurus, which suggest food was plentiful immediately prior to the extinction. In addition to rich dinosaur fossils, there are also plant fossils that illustrate the reduction in plant species across the extinction boundary. In the sediments below the extinction boundary, the dominant plant remains are angiosperm pollen grains, but the actual boundary layer contains little pollen and is dominated by fern spores. Normal pollen levels gradually resume above the boundary layer. This is reminiscent of highly blighted areas by modern volcanic eruptions, such as Mount St. Helens, where the recovery is led by ferns, which are later replaced by larger angiosperm plants. The mass extinction of marine plankton appears to have been abrupt and right at the extinction boundary. Ammonite genre became extinct at or near the extinction boundary. However, there was a smaller and slower extinction of ammonite genre prior to the boundary that was associated with late Cretaceous marine regression. The gradual extinction of most intercermid bivalves began well before the extinction boundary and a small gradual reduction in ammonite diversity occurred throughout the very late Cretaceous. Further analysis shows that several processes were in the progress in the late Cretaceous seas and partially overlapped in time, then ended with the abrupt mass extinction. The scientific consensus that is bullied impact at the extinction boundary left tsunami deposits and sediments around the Caribbean Sea and the Gulf of Mexico. These deposits have been identified 
in the La Papa Basin in northeastern Mexico. Platform carbonates in northeastern Brazil and Atlantic deep sea sediments. How long did the extinction event take? What was its duration? The length of time taken for the extinction to occur is a controversial issue because some theories about the extinction's causes require a rapid extinction over a relatively short period of time from a few years to a few thousand years while others require longer periods. The issue is difficult to resolve because of the Signor-Lips effect. That is, the fossil record is so incomplete that most extinct species probably died out long after the most recent fossils that has been found. Scientists have also found very few continuous beds of fossil-bearing rock which cover a time range from several million years before the extinction to a few million years after it. Without this evidence, it's very difficult to make an accurate timeline. In 1980, a team of researchers consisting of Nobel Prize winning physicist Luis Alvarez, his son geologist Walter Alvarez, and chemists Frank Asaro and Helen Michael discovered that sedimentary layers found all over the world at the Cretaceous-Paleogene boundary contain a concentration of iridium many times greater than normal 30, 160 and 20 times in the three sections originally studied. Iridium is extremely rare in Earth's crust because it is a siderophile element and therefore most of it traveled with the iron as it sank into the Earth's core during planetary differentiation. As iridium remains abundant in most asteroids and comets, the Alvarez team suggested that an asteroid struck the Earth at the time of the extinction boundary. There were earlier speculations on the possibility of an impact event, but this was the first hard evidence of an impact. This hypothesis was viewed as very radical when first proposed, but additional evidence soon emerged. 
boundary clay was found to be full of minute spherules of rock, crystallized from droplets of molten rock formed during the impact. Shocked quartz and other minerals were also identified at the KT boundary. Shocked minerals have their internal structures deformed and are created by intense pressures, such as those associated with nuclear blasts or meteorite impacts. The identification of giant tsunami beds along the Gulf Coast and the Caribbean also provided evidence for impact and suggested that the impact may have occurred nearby, as did the fact that the KT boundary became thicker in the southern United States, with meter-thick beds of debris occurring in northern New Mexico. Further research identified the giant Chicxulub crater buried under Chicxulub on the coast of Yucatan, Mexico as a source of the extinction boundary clay. Identified in 1990, based on the work by Glenn Penfeld in 1978, the crater is oval, with an average diameter of roughly 180 kilometers, or 110 miles, about the size calculated by the Alvarez team. The discovery of the crater, a necessary prediction of the impact hypothesis, provided conclusive evidence for a KT impact and strengthen the hypothesis that the extinction was caused by the impact. In the year 2007, a hypothesis was put forth that argued the impactor that killed the dinosaurs belonged to the Baptisnia family of asteroids. Concerns have been raised regarding the reputed link in part because very few solid observational constraints exist of the asteroid or their family. Indeed, it was recently discovered that 298 Baptisnia did not share the same chemical signature as the source of the KT impact asteroid. Although this finding may make the link between the Baptisma family and the KT impactor more difficult to substantiate, it does not preclude the possibility. A NASA 2011 WISE satellite study 
of reflected light from asteroids of the family estimated to break up at 80 million years, giving it insufficient time to shift orbits and impact the Earth by 66 million years ago. The Berkeley Geochronology Center in California has reported that the date of the asteroid event is 66 million years ago based on the radioactive decay of argon. He f they further position that the mass extinction occurred within 33,000 years of this date. What is the effect of the impact? Such an impact would have inhibited photosynthesis by generating a dust cloud that blocked sunlight for a year or less and by injecting sulfuric acid aerosols into the stratosphere which would have reduced sunlight reaching the Earth's surface by an estimated 10 to 20 percent. It would take at least 10 years for those aerosols to dissipate, which would account for the extinction of plants and phytoplanktons and the organisms dependent on them, including predatory animals as well as herbivores. Small creatures whose food chains were based on detrius would have a reasonable chance of survival. The consequences of re-entry of ejecta into Earth's atmosphere would include a brief but intense pulse of infrared radiation killing exposed organisms. Global firestorms likely resulted from the heat pulse and the fall back to Earth of incendiary fragments from the blast. Recent research indicates that the global debris layer deposited by the impact contained enough soot to suggest that the entire terrestrial biosphere had burned. The high oxygen levels during the late Cretaceous would have supported intense combustion. The levels of atmospheric O2 plummeted in the early tertiary period. If widespread fires occurred, they would have increased the CO2 content of the atmosphere and caused a temporary greenhouse effect once the dust cloud settled, and this would have exterminated the most vulnerable organisms that survived the period immediately after the impact. The impact may have also produced acid rain, depending on what type of rock the asteroid struck. 
However, recent research suggests this effect was relatively minor, lasting for approximately 12 years. The acidity was neutralized by the environment and the survival of animals vulnerable to acid rain effects, such as frogs, indicate this was not a major contribution to extinction. Impact theories can only explain very rapid extinctions, since the dust clouds and possible sulfuric aerosols would wash out of the atmosphere in a fairly short time, possibly within 10 years. The shape and location of the crater indicate further causes of devastation in addition to the dust cloud. The asteroid landed in the ocean and would have caused mega tsunamis for which evidence has been found in several locations in the Caribbean and eastern United States. Marine sand in locations that were then inland and vegetation debris and terrestrial rocks in marine sediments dated to the time of impact. The asteroid itself landed in a bed of gypsum or calcium sulfate which would have produced a vast sulfur dioxide aerosol. This would have further reduced the sunlight reaching the Earth's surface and then precipitated as acid rain, killing vegetation, plankton, and organisms that build shells from calcium carbonate. In February 2008, a team of researchers used seismic images of the crater to determine that the impactor landed in deeper water than was previously assumed. They argued that this would have resulted in increased sulfate aerosols in the atmosphere, which could have made the impact deadlier by alternate, altering climate and generating acid rain. Most paleontologists now agree that an asteroid did hit the Earth at approximately the end of the Cretaceous, but there is an ongoing dispute whether the impact was the sole cause of the extinction. There is evidence that there was an interval of about 300 thousand years from the impact to the mass extinction. In 1997, paleontologists drew attention to the proposed and much larger Shiva crater, which is 600 kilometers or 370 miles wide, and the possibility of a multiple impact scenario. In March 2010, an international panel of scientists endorsed the asteroid hypothesis, specifically the Chicxulub impact 
as being the cause of the extinction. A team of 41 scientists reviewed 20 years of scientific literature and in so doing also ruled out other theories such as massive volcanism. They had determined that a 10 to 15 kilometer or 6 to 9 mile space rock hurtled into the earth at Chicxulub on Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. The collision would have released the same energy as 100 teratons of TNT. That is over a billion times the energy of the bombs dropped on Nagasami and Hiroshima. The fact that the extinctions occur at the same time as the Chicxulub asteroid impact strongly supports the impact hypothesis of extinction. However, some scientists continue to dispute the role of Chicxulub impact in the driving the extinction and to suggest that other events may have contributed to the end Cretaceous mass extinction. In particular, volcanic eruptions, climate change, sea level change, and other impact events have been suggested to play a role in the driving the KT extinction. Before 2000, arguments that the Deccan traps, flood basalts, caused the extinction were usually linked to the view that the extinction was gradual as the flood basalts events were thought to have started around 68 million years ago and lasted more than 2 million years. The most recent evidence shows that the traps erupted over a period of 800,000 years spanning the extinction boundary and therefore may be responsible for the extinction and the delayed biotic recovery thereafter. The Deccan traps could have caused extinction through several mechanisms, including the release of dust and sulfuric aerosols into the air, which might have blocked sunlight and thereby reduced photosynthesis in plants. In addition, Deccan trap volcanism might have resulted in carbon dioxide emissions that increased the greenhouse effect when the dust and aerosols cleared from the atmosphere. In the years when the Deccan traps hypothesis was linked to a slower extinction, Luis Alvarez, who died in 1988, replied that the paleontologists were being misled by sparse data. 
while his assertions was not initially well received, later intensive field studies of fossil beds lent weight to his claim. Eventually, most paleontologists began to accept the idea that the mass extinction at the end of the Cretaceous were largely or at least partly due to a massive earth impact. However, even Walter Alvarez, Lewis's son, has acknowledged that there were other major changes on earth even before the impact, such as a drop in sea level and massive volcanic eruptions that produced the Indian Deca traps, and these may have contributed also to the extinctions. Several other craters also appear to be informed about the time of the extinction boundary. This suggests the possibility of near simultaneous multiple impacts, perhaps from a fragmented asteroidal object, similar to the Shoemaker-Levy 9 impact with Jupiter. In addition to the 110-mile Chicxulub crater, there is a 15-mile Boldish crater in the Ukraine, the 12-mile Silver Pit crater, a suspected impact crater in the North Sea, and the controversial and much larger 370-mile Shiva crater. Any other crater that might have formed in the Tethys Ocean would have been obscured by tectonic events like the relentless northward drift of Africa and India. The KT extinction has a profound effect on the evolution of life on Earth. The elimination of dominant Cretaceous groups allowed other organisms to take their place, spurring a remarkable series of adaptive radiations in the Paleogene. The most striking example is the replacement of dinosaurs by mammals. After the extinction event, mammals evolved rapidly to fill the niches left vacant by the dinosaurs. Within the mammalian genre, new species were approximately nine times larger after the boundary event. Other groups also went major radiations. Based on molecular sequencing and fossil dating, neowaves appeared to radiate after the extinction boundary. They even produced giant, flightless form, such as the herbivores 
gastrinus, androthomythide, and the predatory forishithidae. The extinction of Cretaceous lizards and snakes may have led to the radiation of modern groups such as iguanas, monitor lizards, and boas. On land, giant boid and enormous mastoid snakes appeared, and in the seas, giant snee snakes radiated. Telios fish diversified explosively, filling the niches left vacant by the extinction. Groups appearing in the Paleocene and Eocene including billfish, tunas, eels, and flatfish. Major changes were also seen in the Paleogene insect communities. Many groups of ants were present in the Cretaceous, but in the Eocene ants became the dominant and diverse, with larger colonies. Butterflies diversed as well, perhaps to take the place of leaf-eating insects wiped out by the extinction. Your journey is now ending. now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.